Good morning. Well, this is the feast of dot, dot, dot. I don't want to tell you just yet because that would give it away. We've talked about several different feasts uh, over the last several weeks. And we're going to be talking about a new one, although this is different. Uh, as you recall uh, from the feast of the Passover and the feast of the unleavened bread uh, that we didn't discuss, although we talked a little bit about that. We're saving that towards the end. Those were the first of the spring feasts. There were four of them. Then we had the Feast of uh, First Fruits uh, and the, uh, the Feast of, of Shavuot, which we talked about several weeks ago. Now we are entering into the Fall Feast. There are three of them, and we're going to talk about this first one now. But before we do that, I want us to, uh, to do a little, a little game of sorts. We're going to uh, play Name That Sound. And so uh, we're going to start off with this first sound. And I want you to tell me what this is. It's coming. Wait for it. Wait for it. You can just click on the little speaker and it should work. Is the sound knob on between 12 and 20? I knew I could get you awake. What's that sound? It's, it means that you're going way too fast. And you need to slow down a little bit. That's, that's one that you're pretty familiar with. How about this next one? That's the sound that you have to get up. How many of you, when you hear that sound, your right arm immediately does this right here? I don't know how I have trained my body, but somehow I have figured out that I can turn off my alarm at least four times before it actually wakes me up. That somehow my arm will go up, out, over, and hit that snooze button. And apparently I've missed a few times because I've looked over at my alarm clock. It looks pretty beat up. Apparently I just swat until I actually get it. Okay, how about this next sound? Okay, now we have a, a smoke alarm right here. Some of you may recognize this. Some of you just recognize the chirp that it makes because you haven't changed the battery. Go buy a 9-volt battery and change it and it'll stop chirping. So when you do have a fire, you'll actually hear that sound and you'll know get up and get out of the house. Stop, drop, and roll. How about the next one? The school bell. Okay, this is a sound many of us are familiar with. That means school is out or the class is done or you better get to your next class. Okay, how about this one? Could be a train. To me, it's a triangle, which growing up going to camps, that meant dinner time. That's the dinner bell when the triangle goes off. You know, it's time for us to come and eat dinner. But some of you, um, your dinner bell sound, it may be a little different. How about this next one? <laughs> that's, some of your, uh, that's a dinner bell for some of you. It's not the triangle that... 
that mom has a home cooked meal. It's that you've been standing in front of the microwave waiting for the the stofers to get done or the the little hot pocket to turn into lava right in front of you. Those things get about 1200 degrees in the microwave. Okay, uh, how about this next one? Yeah, some of you folks, some of you younger folks are like, what's that noise? You have no idea what that is. Uh, You wouldn't know what it's like to pick up a phone and hear a dial tone or to know that you have to put your finger here and circle all the way around and let it roll back when you have those rotary phones. Some of you recognize this sound though. What's that? That's the phone that's vibrating that you have sitting on your desk. Uh, in fact, there are studies that show that, that uh, people uh, hear that sound uh, and it sends off like these endorphins like, ooh, I've got a phone call. They have also done studies that have shown that some people expect that sound, that feeling so much that their leg will kind of vibrate. They'll feel that numbing feeling and they'll think that their phone is ringing. Has that happened to anybody in here? Like, oh, my phone is ringing, and it's not. But we've conditioned ourselves to hear that. How about this sound? Okay, this is a sound that you're probably not familiar with and that's the sound that we're going to be talking about this morning that actually uh, is a sound that comes from a ram's horn the horn of a ram and is known as does anybody know a shofar okay this is what we're going to be talking about this morning for a few minutes we're going to be talking about the feast of trumpets and i didn't want to give it away too soon But this is a very interesting feast in that we don't know just a whole lot about it. Here's what we know about the Feast of Trumpets. It's found in Numbers chapter 29, starting in verse 1. It says this, On the the first day of the seventh month, of the seventh month, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. It is a day for you to sound the trumpets. Okay? The writer of Numbers will go on to add in six more uh, verses, uh, about a paragraph more, talking about the sacrifices that are supposed to take place on the Day of Trumpets. Other than talking about the the specific sacrifices, which we won't get into, verse 1 tells us all we really know about the Day of Trumpets. On the first day of the seventh month, you're not supposed to work. You hold an assembly and you sound the trumpets. So what in the world did God mean when He asked His people to sound the trumpets? First off, though, I want to clear something up real quickly, uh, is I want to talk about what did trumpets mean for people in the Old Testament. Can anybody guess 
why a trumpet would sound. If you were an Old Testament Israelite and you heard the trumpet sound, what might it indicate? Okay, prepare for battle. The trumpets, and we can think about uh, Jericho and what God called His people to do, to, to go around uh, the city once a day, then on the seventh day, go around seven times, and then the trumpet would sound. It, it was the, the sound of a battle cry. What else? What? Huh? It was an opportunity to meet. It was a time to remind people this is a, a, a time of worship. They would blow uh, the, the shofar. What about another time? Can anybody think of another time they might blow the horn? The same time dad would blow the horn. It's time for us to go. Dad's in the car. He's honking the horn. The shofar meant it's time to break camp. We're leaving. Another time in which they might blow the horn, this is interesting, is the new moon. We've been talking a lot about the different months the seventh month happens to be, in Hebrew, it was the, uh, the Tishri. That was the seventh month. And we're going to talk about that because it's not always considered the seventh month. But they based their calendar, they based their months on what? The moons. Now, I'm, I don't know a whole lot about moons, okay? I actually took an astronomy class when I was in college. It was required and I remember nothing from that class. And I, I apologize to the professor who tried to teach me. But here's something. I didn't know about a new moon, Michael Cheney. I thought a new moon meant it was a full moon, right? Well, that's wrong. But that's what I thought. A new moon is basically, it's a black moon except for like a little sliver, like a crescent. So this is where it got kind of difficult. Your calendar was based on when the new moon came out. But, how did you know when a new moon was coming? Well, you could guess it was actually happened about 29 and a half days or 28 and a half days. And some, some days, sometimes it would be 28 days, sometimes it would be 29. They actually had people who their job was to figure out when it was the new moon. But the problem was... It wasn't always clear out. If it was cloudy and you're looking for a tiny sliver of a moon, it was pretty difficult. And even more difficult was the fact that that is mentioned in Exodus. Exodus, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we'll get to Exodus 19 in a minute. Uh, as was mentioned in uh, Numbers 29, was that this festival was to take place on the first day of the new moon. Okay, so remember, their day starts when the sun goes down. Okay, that's when their day begins, 6 p.m., 8 p.m. When it gets dark, that's when that day begins. So at that evening, anytime they got near the new moon, they would have people out looking. And if they could determine that there was this small crescent, it meant that it was a new moon. And they would do what? They would blow the horn. And that would remind everybody, okay, it's, it's 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Well, it was a new day to them. That next morning when they woke up was the first day of the month. 
And so they didn't have a whole lot of lead time to get ready for this particular feast because they didn't know for sure if the new moon was going to come out this night or if it was going to come out the next night. And so then they would have to blow the horn and hope that the night was clear enough that they were actually right. And if that were the case, people knew that next morning when they woke up that it was to be the festival of trumpets. So, what do we really know about trumpets? Why did God ask His people to do this? Well, there's several different things we want to consider. And it's been muddied up by um, a new... Uh, a new uh, holiday that has kind of been assimilated during that time. Uh, there's two things I want to point out real quickly. I know you're probably not as excited about this as I am, but I thought it was very interesting. Okay, so uh, if you go back to Exodus after they have um, crossed over in the Red Sea, we can look back and find in Exodus 12 verse 2. That God said that I'm delivering my people out of Egypt and at Mount Sinai, this is to be, um, Nisan is to be the first month of the year. Prior to that, it was Tishri. Tishri was the first month. It's like all of a sudden somebody's saying, July is now our brand new year. We are going to start the new year in July. But for them... At Mount Sinai, God said, this is to be the start of your year. So, if you were an observing Jew, then Tishri, previously the seventh month, uh, was now the first month. I'm sorry, now uh, Nisan was the seventh month and now it's the first. But for their civil calendar, they didn't change it. And so Tishri was basically our January 1. So, here's where it gets really confusing. People who are non-observing Jews today, they call the Feast of Trumpets, they call it Rosh Hashanah, which means the new year. And so they celebrate it as though it's a new year festival. But for observing Jews... And when God instituted this, he says, this is not about a new year. This is about the blowing of the trumpet. The trumpet meaning new moon. The trumpet meaning worship. The trumpet meaning breaking camp. The trump meaning battle. But it meant something so much more important. And I'm going to save that for just a couple more minutes. So how is Rosh Hashanah being celebrated for those who still observe it as a religious holiday, not simply as a new year? For them, it is a time of reflection and repentance. Well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it's a feast. All the other feasts we've talked about, of course, we hadn't talked a whole lot about Passover, but the other feasts seem to indicate this is a time of celebration. This is a time of joy and a time of glee. Here we have, it's not. It's actually a time of reflection and repentance. 
In fact, in one of the books that I was uh, studying through, trying to get material for this, they talked about the idea of, of actually celebrating a special day on Rosh Hashanah in which they would gather around a body of water. And during that time, they would say the the Tishlech, which was a special prayer based on seven different Old Testament verses, and and the Tishlech actually meant the casting off. And they would gather around this body of water. They would have this service talking about a God who offered repentance. And at the end of the service, they would either take their pockets and they would shake them out. Or they would take breadcrumbs and they would throw them out on the water. And of course, the water would carry them away. And they said, this is a reminder that we have a God who carries our sins away. So why is Rosh Hashanah, why is the Feast of Trumpets important today? And the real big question that I always want to ask is, why would God ask His people to do this in the first place? I want to read something from Exodus chapter 19, starting in verse 14. Moses was up on Mount Sinai. God had told them, that you need to consecrate yourself. And then we have in verse 14, After Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and he washed their clothes. Then he said, Prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. Verse 16, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it with fire. The smoke built up from it like a smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. We hear the feast of trumpets. We hear the shofar. It doesn't mean a lot to us. For many of the Jews, it meant it's time to take up camp. It's time to worship. It's time for battle. But most importantly, it meant this. When you heard the ram's horn, you knew that God was coming. They would hear the sound of the trumpet and they would know God is here. And for the practicing Jews, for the Jews who had been there through the desert, that was somewhat of celebration. But more than anything else, it brought fear and trembling and awe. The Feast of Trumpets is not outlined greatly in the Old Testament. We know very little about it, but seems like what God is really trying to say through that feast is this, I am coming. Get ready. 
get ready for family to come visit, I have my wonderful father and mother-in-law here with us this morning. They came to visit us a few days ago, and I don't know how long they're staying. I think soon. I hope. I mean, no, I mean, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. I love my in-laws so much. They didn't know this. I mean, they probably could have guessed this. But there was some consecration that took place before they showed up. There was some getting ready that had to be done before they got there. And let's just say, my wife sounded the trumpet. Granny and Pa are coming in three days. Get ready. Wyatt, find the hamper and use it. Gracie, pick up your stuff. Okay? We had something for everybody. Get ready. Get ready. Granny and Pa are coming. We need to make sure we have everything the way it's supposed to be. Jennifer sat down and said, okay, this is what we're going to do for meals. We're getting ready because they're going to be here. This is a true story. This is what happened on Thursday as they were showing up. It was my day off. I was at home. Uh, we have a little um, a shop out kind of in front of our house, and I had the, the, the door open. And all day long, Gracie, my four-year-old, kept telling me what she was going to do when Gracie and Pa show up. This is true. This happened. We were out in the shop where you could see the driveway, and we knew they were coming within the next hour or so. She sat there, and we played a game. Every time we heard a car coming by, I would say, is that them? Is that what's them? And she'd get up and she'd go, oh, is that them? She says, when they get here, I'm going to squeal as loud as I can. And I'd say, is that them? And I would see this, you know, this big work truck come by and I'd go, look, that's them. And she'd go, oh, no, it's not. That's not them. We did this for about an hour. And she was so excited. And, and honestly... When they showed up, when they pulled into the driveway, she let out this ear-piercing squeal and started running around. In fact, true story, she was so excited, she forgot to go out and greet them. She ran in the house and began screaming, Granny and Barrier, Granny and Barrier, I can't wait to see them. And I'm like, just go outside, they're right there. And she's just running around squealing, I mean, just doing circles. She's so excited. Because Granny and Pa are coming. We knew it. We didn't know exactly what time, but, but we had an idea that they would be here soon. Jesus is coming back. Folks, we need to sound the trumpet. And while it'll be a time of festivities, the Feast of Trumpets meant something else. God is coming. And it was a time for the entire community to repent. And we've kind of lost a little bit of that awe when it comes to God. We've kind of picked Him up as our best friend and forgotten that at the sight of God, people tremble. Paul says that at the sight of God, every knee will bow. 
that we're going to fall to the ground. And this is the great story of the gospel. Is that we're called to repent. Which it's, it's a fancy word that means something very simple. It means turn around. It means do a 180. It means reflect on your life and turn around. And here's the great thing. It is absolutely never too late to turn around. You have never ever gone anywhere where God says, whoops, that's it, you crossed the boundary. He says, turn around and come to me and I will draw near to you. No matter what's going on in your life, He just says, turn around. For some of us, we are wandering aimlessly. And we have lost focus. And God says, I'm sounding the trumpet because I'm coming down. Turn around and follow me. I don't care how far you've gone, how long it's been, turn around and follow me. A famous rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer, years and years ago, he told his followers, he said, The day before you die, you need to repent. And his followers said, but we don't know when we're going to die. And he said, then today is a good day to repent. We can turn our lives around because Jesus died for our sins and says, All you have to do is come and follow me and I will take away your sins. Put on baptism, immerse yourselves, fully give yourselves to me and when you come back up again, I will give you the Holy Spirit and your life will be changed. So this morning, if you're wandering around aimlessly, if you are deliberately going the wrong way, I pray that you hear the sound of the trumpet of a God who says, you're falling away, turn around and come to me and I will come to you. I pray that you will hear that sound as we stand and sing this morning.